Right America, it's just me. And we will be flying away in a wing and a prayer if I can manage to pull this off. Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I am your host, Comrade Dracula. I don't usually intro the show, but as I already mentioned, it is just me this week. Uh, I've never done this before. I've never recorded a podcast uh, by myself before. Anthony, my normal co-host and founder of this amazing talk show, uh, is not with us today. In fact, um, he may never be the same again. Uh, part of him will no longer be with us. And that part of him is his wisdom teeth. So uh, last I checked with him, he wasn't feeling too good as far as talking at length uh, due to that. So I'm doing the show by myself for the first time. And uh, yeah, I don't know if it's gonna, this is going to be good or not. If you're hearing it, it was satisfactory. If not, then you'll never hear this. So why am I talking? <laughs> so uh, I'm just going to kind of wing it. I'm probably going to record this in segments instead of just going all the way through because I, you know, without having somebody to bounce off of, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm going to read some stuff, play some audio clips, and hopefully have some fun. So uh, I guess we should just get right into it. What is more fun than uh, giant explosions? Um, so yesterday there was a massive, massive explosion uh, at the port of Beirut in Lebanon, a uh, country that has been uh, bombarded <laughs> with bombs before. Uh, Israel has uh, several times invaded and bombed uh, Lebanon <clears throat> in the last several decades. Um, so immediately people started, you know, wondering was that what this was? This, but this was this was an explosion much bigger than anything that you know conventional bombing would create. It looked like an atomic bomb. I mean, if you if you see the video, they're saying like the the, when it blows up, there's a mushroom cloud, you know, like a vapor, um, you know, shock wave that goes out, right, as, as all the moisture in the air instantaneously boils, right, from the heat from this huge explosion. And what it, what it turned out to be was uh, close to 3,000 tons of ammonium nitrate, which is extremely flammable, extremely combustible. Uh, there was a, uh, uh, it basically, it's a, a chemical fertilizer that's used all over the world. There was a uh, factory in Texas that makes this stuff in 2013 that exploded um, way out in the middle of nowhere, nothing like this, where you've got, you know, tens of thousands of people in this blast zone, right? And apparently there's there's only been, a, uh, I think, less than 300 uh, people killed, thousands injured, though, um, probably tens of thousands of windows blown out. You know, just this, this is like a major major city and you got skyscrapers just you know a few blocks away from this port every single window is gone right um so i was just actually reading here so yeah just an update uh that just came out a few minutes ago cnn.com uh you'd be wondering like why was there three thousand tons of this extremely explosive chemical uh just lying around in the middle of a dense city um and it was it was you know in a warehouse but it's you know by the water there, apparently. There's satellite photos that show that it blew a 400-foot-wide crater in in the ground, right? It's all full of water now because it's right at the right the edge there. But uh, apparently they, this was confiscated from um, some Russian ship 
and they just left it there. Uh, and the, the update here I've got is court documents warned repeatedly of the need to remove ammonium nitrate from Beirut port. Uh, Lebanese officials have been warning for years about the extreme danger of leaving ammonium nitrate uh, in a container at Beirut, uh, Beirut port, according to documents obtained by CNN. Um, the public documents show that the Lebanese uh, customs director requested the dangerous cargo be removed from the port in 2014, 2015, 2016, and 2017. So apparently after 2017, just gave up, <laughs> right? Um, earlier CNN reports revealed a Russian-owned vessel was detained at the Beirut port in the fall of 2013, carrying the 2,750 metric tons of ammonium nitrate. Uh, the crew later abandoned the ship, and the cargo was moved to a warehouse at the port. The ship was originally going to... Uh, that, doesn't, that part doesn't matter. Uh, after the ship was detained, a Lebanese judge requested that the dangerous cargo be taken to an appropriate location for guard storage. Despite this, ammonium nitrate remains at the port for another six years. Uh, so it looks like it just kind of goes out and details it. Um, but this is, I mean, this is, this is awful, uh, obviously. But what can you say? This, you know, this was negligence, sure, but, you know, it wasn't an intentional bombing. It's, it, it is telling, though, that Israel had to immediately come out and say they had nothing to do with it. Um, now, unfortunately, because they have such a terrible reputation uh, for bombing their neighbors, um, there is a lot of people, I've, a lot of uh, comments I've seen online of people just still assuming it had to have been Israel somehow, that they were behind this somehow, which is, you know, of course, you've got, uh, you know, extreme right-wing Netanyahu, um, you know, butcher, basically. So it's you, there's no... You can't blame people for wondering stuff like that, especially when they've been on the receiving end of, of all that kind of violence there. So, yeah, it, it's just, it's awful. But uh, there was actually, this is, you know, just kind of going back even further in history, the largest, uh, let's see here, I got it. Uh, so the largest non-nuclear explosion in North America happened in 1947, also in Texas, also ammonium nitrate. So this is this is just this is even worse. Um, so uh, docked at the port of Texas City, the French registered SS Grand Camp. Uh, good good metal band there, no idea. Uh, caught fire the morning of April 16, 1947. Fire crews responded as did onlookers along the shore. Yeah, great idea. Let's go let's go spectate this thing. Uh, who witnessed the uh, the heat of the fire boil the sea around the vessel. Like, if that's not a warning sign that you need to get the fuck out of there, I don't know what is. Uh, as the fire spread, the captain ordered the hold to be steamed uh, in an effort to control the fire without damaging the cargo. Right? So, but pr- priorities first there. Great capitalism. Uh, what many observing from the shore didn't realize was that the Grand Camp's cargo was 2,300 tons of ammonium nitrate. So, it's a, again, like, just you're... <laughs> like this is the stuff that you know that uh, Timothy McVeigh used to blow up the uh, Oklahoma City Federal Building, right? So like it'll you know imagine imagine two thousand three hundred tons of this stuff, or or two thousand seven hundred tons of it in, in Beirut. Uh, all right, where were we here? Shortly after 9 p.m., the ship exploded, destroying over a thousand buildings along the shore, including the Monsanto Chemical Company plant, which in turn started even more fires. The blast created a 15-foot wave that further damaged the port. Debris from the Grand Camp was found miles away. 
The initial explosion vaporized hundreds of people, leaving hundreds more dead but barely uh, identifiable. Uh, a nearby docked ship, the High Flyer, also carrying ammonium nitrate, caught fire with all but one, ta- uh, one of the town's volunteer firefighters now dead. The blaze uh, aboard continued for 15 hours until she, too, exploded, killing several more people. Uh, also, the Texas City disaster is considered the largest non-nuclear explosion in U.S. history. So, uh, I, why do we still keep using this ship? I, I guess because it's a really good fertilizer, but, it, like, you, you'd think we could come up with something that doesn't, you know, vaporize entire cities as soon as, you know, gets a, a welding spark landing on it. So, yeah, uh, just horrifying tragedy um you know on on top of the pandemic which of course is affecting different countries um you know differently but everyone's been impacted uh somewhat uh, i believe lebanon also uh is under u.s sanctions as well because we like to be a bully to every country that doesn't want to do what we tell it to so uh speaking of bullies this was a story uh here i want to switch to um this is from few weeks ago but i didn't get a chance to work it in the last time we did our show so uh one of the things i hate i've always hated is when people say don't politicize sports right because it's it's so disingenuous and gaslighty right because they they don't want sports to not be politicized they just don't want sports to be politicized with politics they disagree with Right, and uh, so this is a this is a great example of this um, article headline here. Kelly Loeffler is running against Black Lives Matter. These corporations are supporting her campaign. <laughs> so again, big corporations want to have it both ways. You know, they want the good PR, but they'll back horrible, awful monsters of political candidates here. So. All right, so uh, Senator uh, Kelly Loeffler, she's a senator, a surprise, uh, Republican from Georgia, another surprise, who was appointed to her position last December is now running to keep her seat. Her campaign has turned into a crusade against the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, And major corporations who claim to be committed to racial justice, including Google, AT&T, Sony, and Target, are backing her. Loeffler is the co-owner of the Atlanta Dream, a WNBA team. Uh, On July 7th, Loeffler wrote to uh, WNBA Commissioner Kathy Engelbert, objecting to the league's plan to, quote, affirm Black Lives Matter and honor victims of police brutality and racial violence, end quote. Uh, when the uh, when play resumes later this month, uh, so the uh, apparently the WNBA announced that throughout the season, player warm-up shirts and game uh, courts will feature the words "Black Lives Matter." Uh, and for the tip-off on July 25th, team uniforms will display Breonna Taylor's name as WNBA players raise awareness of, uh, to, and seek justice for women and girls who have been the forgotten victims of police brutality and racial violence. It's the this is from the WNBA's press statement. So this obviously, uh, Kelly didn't like this, right? So uh, Loeffler said she, quote, adamantly opposes the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, which she says is, quote, totally misaligned with the values and goals of the WNBA and the Atlanta Dream. So she continues here. 
the lives of each and every American matter. And there's no debating the fact that there is a place, uh, there is no place for racism in our country. Like, right, like she really thinks that. Uh, however, I adamantly oppose the Black Lives Matter political movement, which has advocated for the defunding of police, called for the removal of Jesus from churches, and the disruption of the nuclear family structure, harbored anti-Semitic views, and promoted violence and destruction across the country. I believe it is totally misaligned with the values of the goals of the NBA and the Olympic Dream. We support tolerance and inclusion. So I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. <laughs> like, the, not, not the removal of Jesus from schools, but the removal of Jesus from churches. Uh, I, I have not heard anybody uh, speaking out in favor of black lives say that we need to remove Jesus from churches. Pretty sure that one, uh, another example of conservatives getting mad about things they made up themselves. Um, Anti-Semitic views? Uh, I never have heard that either. I have no idea. Uh, she's probably conflating uh, criticism of apartheid Israel with anti-Semitism, I'm sure. Uh, promoted, violent, promoted violence and destruction across the country. So uh, destruction of what? What got? What, what, the Arby's that got burned up? The, the fucking, you know, C, <laughs> the CVS pharmacy that, that got burned up? Like, what, what, is, is she equating destroying corporate properties, violence? Because that's, uh, you know, that, uh, it always comes back to that. It always comes back to, you know, property matters more than human life. And they equate that all the time. So, you know, getting back into the article here. So uh, Black Lives Matter is a decentralized political movement, not a single organization with a monolithic platform. Nevertheless, Loeffler's description is full of misinformation. Black Lives Matter uh, movement does not advocate for the removal of Jesus from churches. Many members of the movement are clergy. Her claim that Black Lives Matter movement is anti-Semitic is also unfounded. The Anti-Defamation League has rejected Internet rumors which attempt to link recent Black Lives Matter protests to anti-Semitism. The core political demand is an end to the unjust killing of black people. Uh, in the letter, Loeffler also claimed participants of the Black Lives Matter movement were indifferent to the murder of an eight-year-old black girl in Atlanta on July 4th. Loeffler's letter sparked outrage among WNB players who called for her removal from ownership. I'm not exactly sure how that would work, but uh, her proposal to replace Black Lives Matter with an American flag was rejected by Lee. Okay, again, like, you don't want sports to be politicized, yet you want everyone to stand and, and fucking listen to the national anthem. You know, you got, like, the Marine color guard there. Like, it's that is inherently political. It's just that that's the politics that she's okay with. So... Uh, I am going to play a clip here of her talking on some uh, Fox News crazy blonde woman's show here and uh, probably get more pissed off here in her, in her own voice here. Kelly Loeffler isn't just a U.S. senator. She's also the co-owner of Atlanta's WNBA franchise. But now she's in danger of being canceled after publicly disagreeing with the WNBA over its full-throated endorsement of, you guessed it, Black Lives Matter. She wrote this in a letter to the league saying players, coaches, and yes, team owners share differing opinions on many issues. All of us have a constitutional right to hold and to express our views. But to subscribe to a political, political uh, agenda undermines the potential of the sport and sends a message of exclusion. By our count, she's the only owner of any major U.S. pro sports league or team uh, to call out the BLM movement for what it's become, nakedly and radically political. 
Now, for her candor, the WNBA Players Union is calling for her removal. Georgia Senator Kelly Loeffler is here exclusively to respond. Senator, you knew you would catch heat for speaking up, especially considering the politics of your league. So why did you? Well, Laura, thanks for having me on tonight. Look. You know, sports have tremendous power to unite us. I think that's one of the things that Americans, we love about our sports. But, you know, the WNBA has embraced the Black Lives Matter political organization. This is a very divisive organization based on Marxist principles. Uh, this week, they threatened to burn the system down, literally and figuratively, if they don't get what they want. I mean, this is an organization that, uh, you know, seeks to destroy American principles and I had to draw the line. I had to speak out for those that disagree with this movement because our country is too important. And I, I suggested that we unite behind the American flag because that is the symbol that has endured wars, pandemics. Mm -hmm. It can bring us together. So, yeah, there you have it. Uh, Marxism is destroying the American principles of white supremacy. So uh, we're winning. We're winning, folks, and it's, you know, it's it's strange when it's like they can get some things right and then just completely make up a bunch of other bullshit, right? Because they think that, like, the, you know, the, the, the good that we're doing isn't scary enough to people like that. <laughs> so they have to throw in the G taking Jesus out of church is nonsense, which I, I don't know, like, where, where in the fuck she came out with that one. Um, I, I really do want to know, like, I want to hear her expound upon that uh, at length. So uh, jumping back to some of her donors here and uh, their uh, blatant hypocrisy here. So uh, AT&T, a company that has publicly embraced the Black Lives Matter movement, is the WNBA's marquee sponsor. Next weekend, AT&T is presenting the WNBA's tip-off 2020, an event that is dedicated to the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, since the murders of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd, AT&T has uh, issued numerous tweets and statements publicly endorsing the Black Lives Matter movement. On June 12th, the company tweeted, quote, Black Lives Matter, we have a moral and business obligation to engage on the fundamental issues of equality and fairness. Uh, AT&T chairman and former CEO Randall Stevenson also published a letter to federal, state, and local officials calling for racial justice uh, and uh, racial equity and justice and is leading a new roundtable of CEOs committed to the cause. Right. Uh, the company even installed a Black Lives Matter mural outside of its Chicago flagship store. And yet, according to its recent FEC filings, AT&T's corporate PAC contributed $2,500 to Loeffler on March 3rd. This is, again, for her Senate uh, re-election campaign. Popular, um, this is the name of the article, uh, website, Popular Information reached out to AT&T and asked if, in light of the commitment, uh, of its commitment to the Black Lives Matter movement, the company would continue to support Loeffler's campaign. AT&T did not respond. So, yeah, like, you can, you can see what they're, they don't give a shit. They don't give a shit about black lives they just want a pr right that's all they want they see a way that they can get the brand out there and you know neoliberal it up right uh let's see boston scientific announced slother will no longer support her on june 12th boston scientific tweeted we 
Uh, words aren't enough to fight racism and announced uh, that it will, uh, was donating $2.5 million to combat racism, inequality, and injustice. I'm not sure who they're donating that money to. Uh, in a letter to employees, senior leadership condemned racial injustice and wrote that they would continue to, quote, cultivate work, a workplace that makes equality, diversity, and openness priorities, a workplace that sets an example for the greater community. However, on March 31st, Boston Scientific contributed $2,500 uh, to Loeffler. Uh, in response to a press comment, Boston Scientific denounced Loeffler and said it would not support her campaign in the future. All right, so that's a little bit better. Uh, let's see. Google says, um, okay, on June th- uh, May 31st, sorry, on May 31st, Google and YouTube displayed black ribbons on their homepage with the caption, quote, we stand in support of racial equality. And uh, all those who search for it, Google CEO uh, Sundar uh, Pachai tweeted that the company supports, quote, racial equality in solidarity with the black community in memory of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and others who don't have a voice. Uh, Google's corporate PAC, however, donated $5,000 to Loeffler on December 30th, 2019. The company did not respond to a request for comment. Um Let's see. Sony tweeted on May 31st that being silent about the violence and racism black people are experiencing is being complicit. We stand in solidarity today and every day with the black community. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Its subsidiary, Sony Pictures, was also similar outspoken, tweeting that uh, it, quote, stands in solidarity with the black lives community. Black, yeah, yeah. And yet Sony's corporate PAC donated 2500 to offer in February company declined to comment so yeah it, it's just you see this over and over and over you know the we talked uh, a couple of weeks ago about you know the the play hamilton and how it feels like a um you know corporate pr diversity project gone crazy right and uh this is just more example of it this is just you know they they'll spend money on whoever they think is going to win, right? They want that influence. They want to have somebody in office that they supported financially, Democrat or Republican, they don't care. They're all they're going to bribe that person and they're going to get all the contracts they want. They're going to make sure that, you know, these telecom companies never get busted up, that they take, you know, more and more of your data that you have no rights to and sell it to make more money. Watch everything you do everywhere you go. Um you know, and the, the idea that they care about people's lives, about black and brown lives, is absurd. They're there to make money, nothing else. I mean, Google got rid of their don't be evil slogan. Like, they don't even pretend not to be evil now. They're just, you know, Amazon's developing facial recognition software for Department of Homeland Security and ICE. You know, it's just there's 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 no concern from these people. This is purely... A tweet doesn't cost them anything. There's nothing controversial about aligning with whatever uh, corporate marketed version of Black Lives Matter they can. You know, it's the the thing that is going to make things change is people going out in the streets, tearing down statues, uh, you know, continuing to light shit on fire. Um, I mean, maybe tearing Jesus out of the church. I don't (laughs) really know if that'll achieve anything, but... I, if it if it scares people like Kelly Loeffler, maybe we should actually try doing that one time. All right, so I've got another clip here uh, I wanted to play, and this was this was one of those things where it's it's almost like you know these these crazy right wing people that sit in their car and yell 
into their phone, right? And this has become like a cottage industry, like a almost like performative caroling, you know, where it's it's like they don't even you get the sense they don't really believe everything they're saying. Like it just feels very posturing, right? And that they're probably not nearly as obnoxious and terrible if you really knew them, but they're trying to really push the envelope because they want to get followers, right? Like everyone wants to be famous on the internet, right? And so this one, this one, I mean, this was, this almost feels like parody to me. Uh, if it is, then it's, it's flawless, but this was this, this girl, I'm just going to play it and then I'll talk about it. Attention America, we've officially turned into Berlin, Germany in 1940. So let's have a little history lesson for everyone out there. Does anyone remember what the Nazi Germans did before they took power? Well, they banned church services, they burned Bibles and books in the streets, they burned the flag, they tore down statues, they got rid of any and all history that they disagreed with, they got rid of the public police so only the rich could afford it, they banned guns, they got rid of God, they put their country in a state of fear, and they created domestic terrorist organizations who got rid of anyone and anything they disagreed with, aka the brown shirts. Now, does that sound familiar? Oh yeah, it's the BLM 2020 who are modern day domestic terrorists inside our own country who are actively destroying it. And they've already promised us if we do not condone to all of their demands, they will happily tear down our system. Hey, old fashioned Democrats and moderates, you better start freaking waking up this November because the silent majority is officially pissed off and we are done being silent now. Get off my freedoms. I mean, where do you start? Um, <laughs> so, I, I've listened to this, you know, she, it, it's just, it's like the, and then, and then, and then, and then, <laughs> it's like, where, how many times do you think she practiced that? You know, like, she just, just sitting there over and over and over, you know, because it's all one take, right? Uh, 40, 50 times she rehearsed this and practiced it. Uh, you know, and, and I love that she starts off with attention America. Like I'll, I'll say that occasionally humorously on this show, you know, like goodbye America, like knowing full well that, you know, we, we've got a few hundred, maybe a couple thousand listeners per episode, depending on what the algorithms align to us or not. But, but to not ironically, you open it up with attention America. It's just like, <sighs> delusions of grandeur. And then America has turned into Berlin, Germany. Like, like just Berlin? Like, does she know that, like, all of Nazi Germany was controlled by the Nazis? No, no just, just Berlin. That's, she, okay, anyway. And wh- why 1940 exactly? Like, what, what, what was, <laughs> like, I, Hitler and the Nazis came to power in 1833, Right, so I don't know where she pulled the number nineteen forty out specifically, like what that means. And I love that she starts off by saying history lesson, like it's time for a history lesson, because you know as soon as she says that, everything she's about to say is the opposite of a history lesson. Uh, and then she lists off all these things, like maybe half of those are somewhat accurate and the rest are completely false. But I, lo- I love that she uh, says that these are all the things, that she, everything she lists off are things the Nazis did before they took power. That's exactly her words, before they took power. Like, really, how did they do all these things when they weren't in power yet? 
like I, you just, who, who the fuck knows and then of course you you know where this is going you know that you know in her bizarre right-wing brain she thinks the nazis are were actually leftists actually socialists and that's how they're actually just like black lives matter black lives matter is the same thing as a as white supremacist nationalists but somehow they're still left wing right okay anyway uh and then of course she she uses um a phrase that uh every you know millennial and zoomer knows uh the silent majority because that's a common phrase tossed around nowadays um <laughs> so like i cl- clearly she's got a, a father who loves richard nixon um uh, to pull that out okay boomer um and then and then get off my freedoms get off my freedoms what <laughs> i anyway it, it's 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 like what like don't tread on me but also i love cops and racist statues in the military i guess that's where she's coming from um anyway this this is just like there's another video i'm going to play here too and it's like this 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 girl we just listened to looks like she's maybe 17 or 18 but she's already figured out like this is her calling right like she knows this is going to get her lots of attention she's kind of cute uh her eyes actually are kind of pretty you know and it's just like oh it's so terrible because you know that like the hate is going to age her really quick you know like it's just like the the you know her forehead's going to get all wrinkled and just you know her skin complexion is going to get you know age prematurely right and she's going to end up just like this other woman in this other <laughs> clip who uh, has a little bit different accent, uh, see if you can place it, but loves Donald Trump, just loves Donald Trump, and even more than Donald Trump, loves like rubbing it in liberals' faces how much she loves him because she knows that like people have Trump derangement syndrome and hate the president uh, as they should, but they shouldn't obsess about him, right? We don't we don't bash on Trump nonstop because we've got an entire TV network to do that, right? You see, this is how I go out. This is how I train. This is how I shop. This is how I run my Spartan races. And I live in a blue fucking state, not even a red one. You think you intimidate me? You don't intimidate me, motherfuckers. Keep screenshotting me. Keep trying to get me fired, you little douchebag, dirty Democrat twats that you are in plain English. That's what you are. You will never intimidate me. It's called freedom of speech. I can wear whatever the fuck I want, whenever the fuck I want. Understand? Or you don't understand? Okay? Go back to school, you fucking bunch of losers. Fucking pathetic. Every single fucking one of you, you're fucking pathetic. Trump 2020, motherfucker. Fuck out of here. Keep in mind, she's shouting this into her phone in her car. There's nobody else there that she's talking to. It's just just imagine like walking around and see someone in their car just screaming and pointing at nobody. <laughs> what, what are you, these people's uh, anyway, I want one more from her. This is just again hilarious to me. Like this this kind of anger and hatred is just it's so it, it, I don't know. It's just so Staten Island to me. I find it hilarious. I voted in person because you can shove your mail-in voting up your fucking asses democrats i don't want to hear about no china virus in november 
What, so you can cheat? That's all you wanted for, so you can cheat. Because you know you cannot beat Donald Trump. You cannot beat him. You can come at him with everything like you've been doing. Okay? If you can riot, I can vote. If you can protest, I can vote. If you can loot, I can vote. And I voted in person like I will do in November because you will not take that from me. And I'm a New Yorker. I voted in the primaries today. Trump 2020, motherfucker. Fuck out of here. I love how she has to say she's a New Yorker as though you couldn't tell, right? And I also love how she's like listing off all these completely normal average mundane things as though they're so fucking edgy like I wear clothes whenever I want. <laughs> so fuck what? So does everybody, right? Uh and then like you know, like I'm if you're going to riot, I'm going to vote. You can't stop. I mean it's like who the fuck was going to stop you? And it, like what but the the thing she thinks is super uh awful that we can stick up our asses mail-in voting? Like what? <laughs> I mean, it's the most reputable, least tamperable form of voting because it's only on paper. There's no touch screen. There's nothing. There's nothing. You can't switch the votes. You know, can't be hacked. None of that. So it's literally just like, oh, you know that thing that's that's super uh, uncorruptible. Stick that up your fucking ass. Like, like what? <laughs> Who the fuck is this woman? <laughs> So, I think we've bashed on racist white women enough uh, for this episode. When I say we, I just mean I. Um, I wanted to close out this uh, solo ep uh, talking about a couple of victories, electoral victories. Uh, I, I know we haven't really focused much on electoral politics. I certainly haven't been paying attention to anyone's race, really. Uh, I've been pretty actively out in the streets uh, here in Chicago documenting uh, all kinds of block parties, protests, uh, all-out riots, battles with the police. We've had a a very active summer here, Um, apparently very much unlike anything that's happened here in a long, long time, uh, possibly decades. Uh, There were some people who were posting images of the 1968 Chicago riots uh, during the Democratic uh, Democratic Party's convention here with the battle that happened in Grant Park a few weeks ago and, you know, just kind of showing just how nothing's really changed. <laughs> you know, as soon as you try to fight the cops, it's tear gas, it's batons, clubs are beating you shit out of people. So, uh, but we just had a primary, a couple of primaries, um, and we had the Bernie Sanders endorsed Rashida Tlaib, just won her first re-election. Well, I mean, you know, she won her primary, so... In Detroit, she's pretty much done. Like, she's she's won, right? Uh, and also, Cori Bush won as well. Um, only, not, not a huge margin, 4%, which is, you know, in a lot of places, that's the best. But she beat a 10-term incumbent who was actually preceded by his father for the same congressional seat. So it works out to be like a 52-year uh, political dynasty with his family for this congressional seat. And... She actually ran in 2018 uh, and lost. And actually, her her campaign was featured in the documentary film um, "Bring Down the House," which kind of centers a little bit more on uh, AOC because you know she won and was you know 
revolutionary in in what she pulled off against Joe Crowley. But uh, you know, I really haven't followed too much about Cori Bush. I I know she's a nurse. I know she was very active in the, the Ferguson uprising, um, and you know, she's also been uh, somebody who's talking about defunding the police. Uh, you know, AOC's big thing was abolish ICE, and people were like, "Oh my God, that's too!" You can't just say that. You can't. You can't. You can't run on that. And of course, she's now won twice running on that. Uh, so Cory Bush has been talking about defunding the police. I, I did see one clip of her on CNN where they kept pushing her on it, and she kind of gave sort of a mixed answer, right? But it's you know, again, like as soon as you get up there, you start to kind of go, yeah. But, you know, she mentioned, you know, we need to talk about what defunding actually means. And I think it means a lot of different things to different people. Um, you know, at the very least, spending less money, you know, and the activists that I'm seeing in the streets are saying, yeah, defund the police, but eventually it's got to be abolish the police. It's got to get to that point. You know, we've got to have a dismantling of the kinds of police departments we currently have. You know, we need to stop hiring and recruiting and training police to be soldiers basically we need people to be social workers we need we need something like that we need to have people showing up to emergencies that are you know only going to be exacerbated by some having some hothead with a gun we need to stop doing that right we need to have god knows 90 95% of, of the calls that go to 911 should be handled by somebody who is not armed and is not trained to, to do violent things, right? Like, we've talked about this a ton on this show. Like, of course, there should be a, an organization that investigates arson or homicide or sexual assault, right? But, you know, these nuisance calls about homeless people Right, and then you got you got cops show up with guns, right, and that's how homeless people get shot and killed. It's how uh, you know Tamir Rice, twelve years old, toy gun, no warning, within two seconds, shot and dead. Right, so I wanted to uh, I searched through a bunch of clips looking for uh, something good to play from Cori Bush. Um, her uh, her victory speech. I couldn't find any good audio for it, and she's also wearing a, a you know COVID nineteen mask, so it's a little muffled. But I actually wanted to uh, kind of close it out here by playing uh, an ad that she did for Bernie Sanders. Of course, she endorsed Bernie Sanders, and Bernie Sanders endorsed her. And I, I believe this is actually just you know probably a few months old, right? So I, I did notice this was real real quick aside before I play this. Uh, there was a tweet here. I'm trying to pull it up without pausing. Oh, yeah. So, Brianna Joy Gray, who worked on Bernie's campaign, has been a great, outspoken, socialist voice, young uh, woman of color, black woman, and um, somebody who is very much a part of the establishment, Soledad O'Brien, formerly of CNN, had a tweet from February 19th, 2019, uh, and she's responding to, let's see here. Well, it looks like a tweet that's been deleted, maybe? Oh, yeah, it doesn't exist. Anyway, Soledad's tweet, who's, if you know much about her, she's married to a Wall Street investor, a Wall Street banker, so we know where her uh, priorities are. 
Solo tweeted out, good luck without black women whom Bernie bros notoriously attack. Like, of course that's not true. That's just bullshit. But uh, Brianna Joy Gray uh, quote tweeted that tweet, um, <laughs> noting that um, Soledad O'Brien has never tweeted about Cory Bush. <laughs> so there's, which is clear there's a reason for. So anyway, I am going to pull up this clip here. We'll take a listen to the ad that uh, Cori Bush cut with Bernie Sanders earlier this year. Because if I could do anything, to save the life of my son, because I couldn't save Michael Brown. I couldn't save Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, Ayanna Jones. My son, was 14 at the time. And my son loves to wear hoodies. He loves to wear hoodies and he, um, I'm sorry. He would, he would go out with his hoodie on and his earbuds in and, and just the idea that my son could be walking and a police officer could stop him and he'd not hear them because he has on these earbuds and the police officer could then think that you know, that he's, you know, resisting him or whatever. And what could happen to my child? My child who's this cuddly, lovable child who just loves anime, wrestling, and food, and his mommy. That's who he is. And to think that they could take his life. We were in a war zone. And I even heard Vietnam veterans say to me when the tear gas was going, they, was, they were saying, I feel like I'm back. That was my war zone in my backyard that I couldn't leave, that, that I, couldn't, I, I couldn't get up and go somewhere else. The only way to make change is to be able to step out and to have that courage, you know, that fearlessness. And so for me, that political revolution is you being free to be you. When we are in the White House, we are going to end institutional racism wherever it exists. Bernie won't stand for the racism in this country. And over the last number of years, we have seen a terrible level of police violence against unarmed people in the minority community. People of color killed by police who should be alive today. Whether it is a broken criminal justice system or health disparities or environmental disparities, our job is and we will create a nation in which all people are treated equally. But knowing that the president of this country is the same person that was the chair of CORE when he was in college, the same person that was arrested fighting for civil rights. And so that's why I support Senator Sanders because he's speaking about taking care of people. It's about humanity. Putting my life on the line could save my son's life. It could save someone else's life. So I'm okay with that because somebody has to do it. And so, so many of us stepped up to do it. My daughter's life matters. My son and so many other children, their lives matter. So many other people, their lives matter. So until we have change in our community, we'll keep going. Hell to the yeah. That's actually the, the first time I'd ever seen that ad or heard that ad before. Uh, as I'm putting this all together here, so powerful stuff, great stuff. Glad she won. Uh, she is in a district in St. Louis that pretty much guarantees her her victory in the general. So, uh, props to her. Hope she does well. The um, 
Wall Street Journal had a piece today basically calling her the now fifth member of the squad. Uh, now, he, depending on how you view Ayanna Presley, you may view Cory Bush as the fourth member. Um, but uh, anyway, still good, good victory there. Also, Rashida, love her. Impeach the motherfucker. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got. I, I think this, you know, took more work than I thought it was going to, but I'm glad I got here. Uh, it's about one in the morning now. I'm drinking my White Claw. I'm drinking my vodka. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe, of course. We've been doing some other casts here lately, doing our film review stuff, reviewing some uh, classics. Just did Back to the Future 1, probably going to do 2 and 3 here pretty soon, because, I mean, the more I watch them as an adult, the more they just hold up. Like, I don't know what to say. They just do. <laughs> so, um, we also did Terminator 2 recently. Uh, hopefully, we're going to be back with the duo to do the regular political show here uh, pretty soon once Anthony's um, teeth, mouth heals up, feels better. Yeah. Um, I don't know all the different links we have for our various Patreon merch stuff, so I'm not going to bother trying to remember that. Um, but you should go to riotchicago.tumblr and check out the photos and video work I've been doing um, putting a little bit of time into curating that, you know, I have some stuff up on Instagram and Twitter, but you know, those are kind of, you know, social media, just it's, it's there and then you never see it again. I want to have a place dedicated to archiving what's going on right now in this city. Um, some of it's similar to what's going on in other cities, but this is special to me. It's the first time I've experienced a lot of these things. It's the first time I think a lot of people have experienced a lot of these things in the street and really organizing in ways that are, you know, a, a serious conflict for the police, you know, because we know they want to beat the shit out of us, but we also know they're in a situation where they've got a PR nightmare, right? And they know if they start cracking heads too hard, then people just get more rowdy, right? More things get lit on fire, more windows smashed, more looting, right? So it's it's definitely like a very intricate interesting interaction going on right now uh and to be able to be there and document that is to me a lot of fucking fun so again check it out riotchicago.tumblr uh and that is it goodbye america